0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. If you're listening to podcasts, you might have sometimes considered starting your own one. And this episode features Scott Carson, who has produced over 600 episodes of his podcast, The Note Closers Show, as well as appearing on hundreds of others. In this episode, Scott shares his insights and lessons learned in starting his own podcast, as well as his tips for others looking to do the same. Let's get into it. So hi, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Man, Harry, I am honored to be here today. Just absolutely glad to be here. Any way I can do to help your audience,
0: I'm here to rock and roll. No, It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, and in all honesty, one that's been very topical when it comes to things I've been getting asked about at the moment with the whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, I think Amazon have actually sold out of podcast mics because so many people have kind of <laughs> got this itch to, to give it a go and to give it a try. And I've certainly had my fair share of questions um, people asking me um, how to get started and, and what, what their sort of top tips are. Um, but I thought I'd go one better and get a guest who has recorded. How many episodes now is it for your, for your podcast, do you think? What's your kind of current tally? I am
1: uh, actually recording episode six hundred once I get off the phone with <laughs> you here.
0: Uh, wow, there you go, six hundred in in less in less than three years. So we we crank out about three to five episodes a week. Amazing, and as and how many does that go up to if you include ones you've appeared on as well? Oh my gosh, we're I I was looking at this the other day. I've appeared or been on over a thousand podcast episodes. Wow. Okay. I think that pips the post for my kind of most traveled guest because I think I I had someone on who was on about 700. So um, no, it's an absolute expert, I guess, on the podcasting world and someone who's clearly been in in the game for a long time. So um, it's it's great to have you, really. Um, And so I I guess the usual kind of icebreaker question I ask most of my guests um, who are lawyers is kind of why they decided to get into the world of law and why that was kind of their itch and that and why they're like a career path. Um, But I guess an appropriate one to ask you would be why you decided to get into podcasting and kind of what you thought that whole media form would be both for yourself and for your audience.
1: Now, that's a really good question, Harry. I'm a big believer that everybody, no matter what type of niche you're in, whether it's law or real estate Mm -hmm. like me or marketing, we're all in the media business these days Trying to attract uh, eyeballs and earballs to what we're, we're putting out into in, in our business. So, um, I've been in real estate since 2004. Uh, for the last ten years, I've been focused on a very small niche called uh, of real estate in the note business, where I'm buying distressed debt, distressed mortgages. Mm-hmm. And for the, I've always been doing, you know, uh, teleconferences or webinars with my students. So, uh, a podcaster wasn't too big a stretch for me, but I didn't really. Get into thinking about doing a podcast uh, to, like I said, about three years ago. Uh, mm. I've been doing videos and you know webinars pretty much every Monday night to my listener base. And I've had some, had some friends come to me and say, hey, you should really turn this into a podcast. And I was like, no, it looks like it's a lot of work. I don't want to do all the editing. Uh, I'm a, a one or two take kind of guy and then throw it up on YouTube or throw it, you know, throw it on Facebook. Just let it be there and let people realize I'm just a normal guy. And then uh, I had some friends of mine that were in, in my space that had a podcast that stopped doing their podcast. And I was like, why would you stop doing it? And I'm like, well, we kind of wanted to go in a different direction. And I said, okay, here's the opportunity. And, and then my friends had been trying to talk me into doing a podcast, came back and said, no, we could do all the editing for you. All you've got to do is hit the record button and send us the files. And I'm like, really? I don't have to change anything I'm doing? <laughs> They're like, no. Nope. And then I was like, okay, done. Let's do that. So I'm – um I don't. If you ask me an editing question about audio or anything like that, uh, I'm like, I have a Yeti mic and a headset and a Logitech webcam and a computer. And that's about all I know. Um, But (laughs) I got into it. I got into it because I saw the opportunities of another distribution channel. You know, we all love views. I guess we like that ego bait of, you know, how many people like our video or watch our Facebook Live or give us a like or whatever. I saw podcasting based on everything I've seen. is just another distribution channel for me to get the message out uh, to a bigger audience and kind of set the tone and set the bar, especially when I started looking into my niche. There are a lot of real estate podcasts, but they're mostly broad in nature, whereas mine's very niche in the riches mm-hmm. are in the niches, as they say. So I look, okay, let's start this podcast. I don't have to do anything extra. It's basically just an extra channel that I can add to the videos that I'm already doing. Without me, i to do a lot of the work. I said, let's do it. And I'm so glad I did it. I wish I'd done it a lot sooner, you know, six, to, six months or a year sooner, because it's just turned out to be such a, uh, a windfall for getting our message out to people and really connecting with our audience in a whole deeper level, um, especially with the fact when you, re- when you look at you know the attention spans and the absorption rates. Mm-hmm. Now, if you post something to Facebook, it only has really a 24 to 48 hour life cycle of a video. Before it gets buried and only, you know, if, you know, if you get somebody to look at your video for three to you know three to five seconds, that's a good thing before they get bored in. Mm. YouTube is better. You get about 11%, you know, uh, ratio. We average about double that. But when you look at when podcast listeners listen to eight on average, 86 to 90% of the, the show, mm. that's a huge amount of absorption. That's a huge opportunity to be in somebody's ear and teaching them and, and, and helping them make decisions and educating them, and really uh, them giving getting the opportunity to really build a rapport with you from afar, so that's that's what I you know that's why we started it. you know I've always been big into media and marketing, but I think uh podcasting is a new way that you've got to have one, but the most important thing with having a podcast is is being consistent and just showing up on a regular basis that's you know that's how we've gotten to six hundred episodes by just showing up weekly. And every day we walk into the office, okay, what am I marketing today? What episode are we doing today? Whose podcast am I on or who am I having on my podcast? And go from
0: there. Absolutely. And I can only uh, be extremely jealous of the fact you don't have to do any of your editing as someone who has to trawl through, you know, minutes <laughs> after minutes after doing it. Um, you're a lucky guy. And I think that's something that people um, ultimately you have to kind of appreciate. You know, like you said, you have to be consistent, but also you have to kind of bring in a lot of skills um, under one roof. You have to be able to obviously... Yeah. Find your guests, talk to them, edit it, market it. It's it's a kind of big, big task, really. Um, And you've kind of given some great insights there as to why that's all worth it. Um, And there was one part of your answer which I really enjoyed as well, which is the idea that there are so many different podcasts out there nowadays and so many different niches um, that in reality, anyone can start one. And so I think you know, that kind of primary question was rolling over in my mind when I was looking to get started as to what my podcast is going to be about. What's its kind of USP? How am I going to give it some identity? Um, What were your kind of Mm -hmm. advice for people who are wanting to get started? And I guess those kind of like preliminary research stages of kind of figuring out what the podcast is going to be about and kind of before you actually rush into recording anything, your kind of best um, pre-recording
1: tips? Good question, Harry. I get that from a lot of people. Um, My best advice would be to look and see who's doing something similar. You know, Mm. listen to some podcasts. Check out, jump on, and see who's doing something similar to what you want to do, but be your own person. Don't try to be the next Joe Rogan, or the next Will Ferrell. Be Harry Clark, or be who you are, because we (laughs) all have a tribe out there, and they want to listen to what we have to offer, but nobody wants to listen to something that's a recycled thing. Mm. Um, Just, you know, show up, see who's out there, and I honestly don't Uh, uh, embrace the suck is what I would tell Mm. people to your first few episodes are going to sound horrible. You're not going to be confident. Um, You're going to probably want to go back and erase those and delete those off the internet at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody does that. I mean, my first couple episodes are horrible uh, when I look back to things because I got better at what I'm doing now. And that's why I I would highly recommend you record 10 episodes and and then launch with a 10 because your 10th episode is going to be a lot better than your first episode. And then just realize everybody starts off that way. Everybody starts ugly. If you keep, try to be perfect, it's going to really slow you down. Um, you know, the, the, the Apple iPhone is in its, what, 14th version, something like that, iPhone 10 or whatever. Mm. If, if Apple had waited to launch the perfect phone, you know, back 15 years ago, whatever, we would never have a phone. Mm. And you have to realize that getting something out and delivered is going to beat perfection anytime. So, listen, look at what's going on, you know, pick two or three of your favorite shows. It's okay to borrow some elements. Oh, I like what they do here, or I like what she does here, and add that to your show. But make your show your unique thing. That's that's what's really going to set you apart. If you try to be somebody else's, it, your listenership will be very fickle, and they won't hang around. But if you're unique and offer something of value, or your own opinions, and, own style, you'll have a a much better chance to build a dedicated
0: listener uh, base. Absolutely. And you give some great tips there for kind of establishing identity, trying to kind of get your own branding and your own kind of thoughts out there before you kind of get into record space. Um, And I guess taking that on to the next stage which is the kind of planning of guests the idea of kind of getting a kind of database I guess together of people who you might contact and thinking about topics and how you're going to kind of structure the planning of the podcast um what was it like when you were just sort of starting out trying to map out the kind of direction is that was it the case that you had a concrete plan or you were just trying to be adaptive to you know things that were happening and you know what your audience was saying what was the kind of approach to those kind of first few episodes and that and that first first initial try
1: well, I, I was very fortunate that I already had an audience, you know, mm. uh, a bunch of investors that I've built over, you know, fifteen years in real estate, so I had a pretty good database, and I could anytime I get a, a frequently asked question or somebody asks a question, I turn that into a podcast episode for the most part. But mm. I decided that I was first going to start off with just you know teaching, just short little nuggets each day. That's really what we decided to do uh, originally. Uh, was just sharing, hey, what's going on in a day and in the life of my business? What am I doing today? What am I focused on as a way to kind of guide our our listenership? So we actually did like 150 Facebook lives as our first 150 episodes Mm. before we really ever launched a podcast to kind of get a feel for it, get my practice into it. But I started off just, you know, okay, what's my frequently asked questions? A little about me. And so let's teach. And then I think episode like 153 is when I brought my first guest on. And so Mm. then I started bringing on my vendors, the people I worked with the most, my colleagues, my students, and started doing that aspect of things. People that were important in the industry. And so instead of it being where it was all me to begin with, with just a little bit of interviews sprinkled in, it's it's kind of flipped now, where it's it's half guests and half of me teaching uh, Mm. to kind of break up the monotony and you know I, you know people will sometimes say hey you know they're shooting for big names you know uh, celebrities i've had a few on bigger names but i've always found that people enjoy speaking with you know normal people you know more so that that's where the real nuggets mm-hmm. in where people are in the trenches of doing what you're doing and that always seems to do a whole lot better than trying to find a big name i mean i'm i am pretty excited today we've got mark victor hansen Who's the author mm-hmm. of Chicken Soup for the Soul coming on my podcast, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited about that. He's the biggest name I would say I've had so far, but I don't expect him yeah you know, I don't expect the numbers to be that great compared to the realtor that I had in the Dallas market a few weeks back uh who's just you know, has been a top ten episode for me in the last mm-hmm. twelve months. so it's just you know you're gonna fit your you're gonna get your your feel for how you want your show to go it's gonna change it's gonna twist. Um, just don't, don't, don't stop doing it is the most important thing. I mean, people will a lot of times film 10 episodes and they'll fade off. I mean, there's a million podcasts out there, but really only 300 to you know 400,000 of them are actually doing something. So you've still got a ton of opportunity out there. Um, look at who's, look, who's appeared on other people's shows that are fit into your niche and maybe reach out to them as a good starting point, kind of the prime of the pump. And then they just kind of go, go your own way and uh, and mix things in. I mean, we're not all just focused on real estate on my show. We focus on the business uh, side of things, the entrepreneurial side, the mindset sometimes, and the motivation to keep it fresh for our listener mm-hmm. base. So that's something to keep in mind. It's okay to switch it up, add a wild card guest in there or a wild card topic if you need to. But more importantly, just be you and who would you want to listen to and then ask. You know, it's a great way to get feedback from your audience. Hey, who would you like for me to see next? Send me an email and let me know some of your top three or four guests that you'd like for me to see me have my show. And that's a great way to kind of build your uh, your top 50, top 100 list of guests that you'd like to have If that's
0: if that's something you're going to do to your show you've given a great breakdown there of kind of you know sourcing guests and responding to audience members and kind of building up that kind of consensus in the audience and how you're going to respond to them um but i guess the kind of very practical side i'd appreciate you don't do the editing and um you know it, it might be kind of difficult for you to comment on this but um i think a lot of people have the impression that you know you need the you need the fancy mic you need the fancy you know whatever mm-hmm. the headphones you need the fancy software to get going um do you agree with that sentiment? What's your kind of view on the kind of, um, I guess, access that, you know, barrier that there is to, to podcasting and the kind of the must-haves and the, you know, would-be-nice kind of um, additions that you could have for your show? So that's a really good question
1: here. I'm so glad you say that because I see over and over again, people go out and drop, a, you know, 1000 to $2,000 on audio equipment or 2,000 pounds on, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, this real fancy mic and a real fancy webcam and this... You know, audio system, you can get started literally for about a, a, a hundred bucks. All you need is really a, a, a decent microphone. You can pick up one at, um, well, not right now until we get through everything, but you just <laughs> no, can one for mean. like 50, you know, 50, 60 bucks. Uh, I'm a big proponent of adding video to double your mm-hmm. audience base so you can get a good webcam, same thing, 50 to 100 bucks. Heck, you could even use your, if you've got a smartphone, um, you can start using that to podcast because if you do a smartphone video and you then share it to Facebook Live, you can then download it or upload it to YouTube or use that audio to edit with as well. So it's gotten a whole lot easier, um, much more accessible to software. I think Hindenburg is a good editing platform. I have a lot of my friends that use that. You know, Cast, GarageBand, Anchor know yeah, there's so many different programs out there that you can use to edit and upload your show and things like that. So it's, the barrier to entry has gotten a whole lot easier and a lot more affordable uh, to do. I mean, worst case, you know, you could. Jo- I see people on um, Upwork or virtual mm-hmm. assistants that specialize in editing podcasts for a, a fraction of what it would cost for me to hire a full time in house person to do that. So there, you know, you, you're gonna spend a little bit of money. You gotta expect that. Uh, but if you need to go cheap, you- uh, you can start off relatively inexpensive. Like I said, I did basically uh, my first 150 episodes just on my smartphone for the most part before mm-hmm. I uh, jumped in and started using Zoom full-time for my episodes. So um, find something. I know get kind of overwhelming when everybody's coming to you. Um, but if you've got some peers in the industry, ask them, hey, what are you using? Why do you like that compared to something else? Uh, mm-hmm. I would not recommend Skype for the most part. I know a lot of people are still using Skype. It's just this kind of intermittent, in and out. It could be just everything going on. But, it, you know, mm-hmm. as a last resort, I will use Skype. But usually my per- per- thing is Zoom uh, or BeLive to share it. Oh, you can always use go to webinar. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to record that, that uh, are are easy. But like I said, if you're in a budget mindset you've got a phone already that's got a decent webcam or decent video camera on there you just use your smartphone and download that audio and go from there
0: And you've mentioned quite a bit in your answers about the idea of the video component to podcasts. And traditionally, as someone who used to just listen to them and before I got into it myself, I didn't really understand the kind of the video component to what I thought was just a kind of purely audio um, you know, format, but ultimately it does kind of cross mm-hmm. over with things like audiograms and sound bites. That's primarily what I use video for now, right through to um, yeah. full length discussions, which can also be live streamed. Um just how important do you think is it for like, video to be utilized um, by podcasts? Do you think it's a necessity or you know a nice addition?
1: Well, I won't say it's a necessity because some people mm-hmm. just don't want to be on camera. Um, but you got to look at it this way. If you look at, especially here in the United States, I'll just go off our numbers here, and I think it's a little bit higher in the UK. Um, the percentage of, the of, of, percentage of people listening to podcasts are about 26% here in the United States. Mm-hmm. That means 74% of people don't listen to podcasts. And I think it comes down more so to, to what your audience is, what your listener base is, what's the makeup of your avatar. So, like with me, I have a little bit older demographic that listens to me or is in my niche. You know, it's 35 to 65. Um, it's, you know, especially when you get above that 45 range mark, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't listening to podcasts yet. In that niche. So, for me, I need to be on video, I need to be on YouTube, or Vimeo, or Facebook Lives, because if I just posted it on audio, that would be great. But I may not be attracting my ideal listeners, my ideal clients for me, and my numbers will be down dramatically. I I actually charted my numbers the first year, and we had more listeners to my show watching video than we did actually have listeners in the first 12 months. In the first 12 months, we had about 125,000 downloads. Um, But on the video side, we had over 200,000 views on our videos. Wow. on different platforms. And so that's helped me. You know, you you got to realize, like especially right now with everybody being stuck at home, for the most part, people are watching a lot more video than they're listening because they don't have the commute to and from work. They're not at the gym. Mm. And, you know, some of the places where they're listening to your stuff just isn't available right now. So a lot of people are spending a lot of time on YouTube, surfing the web and watching stuff. And you, know, you might as well. It doesn't cost anything to upload your video to YouTube. I mean, even if you're using an audiogram, like you mentioned, that's better than nothing. Mm. But I think people really get a feel for you by seeing your video. I mean, I, I get this time and time again. People call and say, hey, Scott, I've been watching your videos, listening to your podcast. I know who you are. I got a feel for who you are from your mannerisms and how you talk and how you interview and the fact that mm. I make fun of myself and joke. People get really fit for, your, for yourself and it helps build rapport. Audio is great. Don't get me wrong. But adding video will add more audience to you. You might as well, you know, if you were going to say, hey, I'm going to do business, but I don't want to do business with 50% of these people just because mm-hmm. I don't want to reshare something, I think that's kind of silly. And if you really want to get your show out and get the numbers up, add video, and you'll see an instant boost, at least starting at probably 10 to 20% of listeners and growing your audience that way. And hey, who, who doesn't want an extra 10 to 20% audience?
0: And I guess that leads on really nicely um to a kind of the final question I wanted to ask you, which was just about the kind of the best bits or I guess the USPs and the kind of things that made it stand out from all the podcasts that you've done and that you've been a part of. Um obviously you've mentioned throughout a lot of your answers the idea of consistency as being a good way to, you know, ensure that your podcast is growing and that it's, you know, still being consumed by listeners and it's kind of building its rapport with, it, with its audience um were there any other kind of additional tips you have for people to help their podcast stand out against the let's admit it of ones that are out there at the moment just to share
1: everywhere i mean take the extra time um and one of the biggest things that we have seen that's helped us grow is is, is taking the ep- each episode and turning it into its own blog you know a full mm. fully transcribed blog a lot of people just do show notes with a time slot, so that's great. But that doesn't help you with your Google search or the, the SEO optimization. Mm-hmm. And so that would help. That's where I see a lot of people. A lot of people try to do the least amount with their podcast. And then I think that's the wrong mindset to have. If you do least amount of activities, you're going to have the least amount of followers. Um, sharing your show everywhere, doing the extra little things. Yes, I know it can take a little bit of time, but there are services like uh, Temi or Rev uh, even Otter AI that can do uh, a pretty decent, you know, bang up on a full transcription for you, relatively cheap. And now you've got a, a blog that you can post to your website or to LinkedIn or to other places that your audience is going to be at. Um, just just share it everywhere. Um, take, take a little bit of time and create some infographics. Uh, that'll help catch people's eyes mm-hmm. more so than anything since we live in such a visual society these days. Um, and, and just, you know, just share it everywhere. Um, one thing that I would do, I think it's very, very important is if you're sharing your show, um, share to your, share your website. I see a lot of people that, you know, don't have a website for their podcast, go create one. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to create uh, a website these days and share the link to your website. So many people share their link to their Apple tunes or their anchor website, and that's okay. But now you're just giving all that good uh, search engine optimization to those websites and not to your brand. Mm. And you're, you're, you're literally building a brand. So the more people you can direct to your website, the more they're going to listen not only to that one episode, but, hey, let's see what Harry's about here. What else does he have on here? What else is he offering? Oh, here's some more episodes instead of just the one that he shared. So mm. that's, that's a big thing I would do. Yes, we want people to go and subscribe and leave five-star reviews, but that doesn't really mean anything in the long run. That's just an ego uh, statistic. What's important is the people coming to your website and really connecting with you more so than anything else. So don't give away that traffic um, and, and just share it everywhere. You know, share it to Facebook groups, share it to LinkedIn groups, email it out to your audience. The more you can share it, uh, the more it's going to catch somebody's eyes. We, you have to realize that most people, um, it takes us touching base with somebody roughly five times. 80% of sales are made after the fifth contact. So you really got to share your show everywhere so they can see it
0: at least four or five times before they probably will listen to it more than once. Fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for kind of giving your cradle to grave <laughs> thoughts on, on podcasting <laughs> and kind of hopefully inspiring some people to to give it a go themselves. And like you say, to make that first sucky episode um, and to hopefully build from there. Um, where can people go to learn more about yourself and obviously to give your podcast listeners as well, Scott?
1: It's easy if you go to weclosednotes.com. That's my main website, weclosednotes.com you know we've got three different podcasts that we do um mm. we also you know on wednesday evenings i think it uh we most wednesday nights we do a marketing uh webinar that's free to the public on marketing and monetization for your your podcast but you can find all that at WeClosedNotes.com. and then if your audience you know wants to pick uh book a phone call with me i'm glad to do that to give everybody 30 minutes pick my brain or or talk Whether they can do that by going to talkwithscottcarson.com or they can go to uh
0: massmediamastermind.com as well. Perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. It's very kind of you to to do that. And I'm sure the people listening would have drawn away some great tips that they can use to start their own. So thanks again.
1: Hey, Harry, so honored to be here. And hey, you guys that are listening to this, do Harry a favor. Go on over and hit subscribe. Go on over and leave him a five-star <laughs> review. He's doing a great job. And your heart guy goes out to somebody who's going through law school and and doing a podcast and has just such a big heart to help other people out there so take the time and if you're listening to this show hey give harry another five minutes by going over and hitting it like i said review and leaving him a five-star review i know i will i appreciate it. you done my job for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks scott Thanks so much for listening to another instalment of the More From Law podcast. If you want to keep up to date with the show and make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and sign up to my newsletter over at www.harryclarklaw.com. You can also follow me on most social media channels at the handle Harry Law. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating and a review on the iTunes store as this helps others learn about the show and be sure to share it with your networks. You can also support the show by donating to my Patreon, which helps support the running and production costs of the show. For now though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.